the Building Freedom podcast is created by Randy Stambry, the founder and chief inspirational officer of Four Level Coach. Randy is a best-selling author with 25 years of real-world experience and a load of personal and business development. He will be sharing the tools, strategies, and mindsets to help you overcome the most difficult roadblocks. Discover how you can transform your life and your business for greater freedom. Okay, uh, this is Randy. I'm here with uh, Tom Jakes with uh, Hickory Dickory Decks. Um, Tom, thank you for uh, joining me today. And, My pleasure. Uh, and really just coming to the table to uh, tell us about the, the amazing uh, business that you built uh, over the last 30 years. I think started in 1987, is that correct? That's right. Um, so yeah, tell us a bit about um, you know what you do, how you do it, and when you got started. Uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Sure. Well, I uh, I started in 1987. I uh, um, I came to the Hamilton area from a small town in Petrolia, and so I'm a farm boy and uh, got a university degree in commerce. And um, I had a company when I was in university selling fire extinguishers door to door with one of my good buddies. So you had a sales background. I didn't until the university. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I was getting a little bored in commerce, so we actually started a little business. And uh, one summer we had 45 people working for us. So we sold a lot of fire extinguishers door to door. Wow. And um, anyway, it got me uh, a few job offers because uh, my marks didn't uh, get me job offers in my fourth year because I was spending so much time in my business and, and other things. And uh, I started uh, with a few buddies an entrepreneur club in uh, McMaster and we brought in entrepreneurs to talk so we, we were interested in the real life stuff more than the textbook stuff cool. and um, but at the end of uh, uh, graduating I decided to go to IBM and uh, I got advice from a lot of people I wasn't going to be a lifer probably but uh, I thought I'd give them five good years and uh, I really went for their education they have a at the time they said you know the best sales course in the world and it's a really a year training course so it's a paid MBA okay. and um, so I did go there um, I finished most of the course they actually put myself in the entire course on hold and uh, I quit the next day and started Hickory Dickory Decks <laughs> awesome yeah I uh, when I was in university I bought a rental property and by the time I left IBM, I'd only been there for seven months. I owned seven rental properties. And the fellow who taught me how to renovate uh, while I was still in university, he, him and myself actually started the company. And uh, Jerry Stulen was his name. Um, he was only in the business for five weeks. You know, we very quickly, uh, he was doing custom renovations and I was buying rental properties and uh, we were doing that. Uh, this kind of became a side thing that we thought, hey, you know, we should do this and franchise this. And we didn't know a lot about franchising and he knew how to build decks and I knew how to sell. And uh, so we started this company. Um, I get asked a lot who thought of the name because it's a funny name, but sure. people remember it. Yeah. And uh, oh, it's a brilliant name and for all the right reasons. But, you know, obviously there was a lot of st strategy going on, you know, before you even launched. I mean, for from, sure. from how you thought about the company name to even franchising. I mean, you know, who in the contractor world really thinks about franchising yeah. before they're even building decks? And really, it's one of the last things, you know, the food businesses, you know, had taken over franchises. There's a lot of reasons why. 
But, you know, most franchises succeed because eventually they can help people make more money and work less, which everybody wants that. So in all of the trades, it really has been very hard to do. It's one of the the last things left. And there's, you know, there is now, if you look, there's franchising coming in. In some of the trades, there's a plumbing franchise, there's an electrical franchise, there's a uh, Mr. Fix-It, you know, there there are companies out there. But at the time, 30 years ago, there was definitely no one um, doing what I did in, in the deck business besides one. There was in the U.S. a company doing it and uh, called Archideck. And so did you know about them? I did not. You did I didn't even know about Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, but I, you know, I found out. And um, so when I, uh, when we started this company, you know, my partner who knew how to build houses was making so much money flipping houses. He lost interest after five weeks. And, you know, he basically, I had my own tools and truck. And after, after building five decks, I already knew how to build a deck. It's not rocket science. And the, the decks that I built in the first few months were fairly modest, you know, 12 by 12, 12 by 16, 12 by 20. They weren't, you know, what we built today. Well, and 30 years ago, I mean, people weren't using decks like they use today. Correct. Either. I mean, uh, yeah, it really wasn't outdoor living. It was a deck. Right. Um, but that changed very quickly. And um, so uh, his wife had thought of the name and I basically said, listen, can I take, you know, take control of the whole company and he said listen i want to get paid for the name and i agreed to basically pay him uh in a month or he could have it and a month later i was sold out for six months <laughs> so i paid him so okay how did you get sell, sold out uh for six months in that short period of time well i lowered my prices a little bit because we were both you know trying to make too much money for a startup i started the business on my own in august which, you know, I missed the home shows, which were the big thing 30 years ago. I missed the yellow pages, which was the other big thing. So really, there was no way to get business besides knocking on doors with a flyer, which I did. And uh, I did it religiously four or five times a week. And I was building a lot of decks, even though we were, there were small decks. I was building one or two a week, if not three a week. So this is, I, I got to stop you here because this is a place where... Um, I really think the listeners got to understand how you do that and still continue to build decks and sell. Yeah. Because a team has to be put in place. So before you even had the company rolling, you understood you needed a team. For sure. But, you know, in my first four months, I was the team. So you were the team. You were out selling. You're knocking on doors. I'm out building every day. And then, you know, five o'clock, I'm out selling every night. So you're just working your ass off. Is what I worked doing. my ass off. Right. Correct. And I which, wasn't married, had no children, and, you know, was young enough that I could work my ass off and still go out after work and have fun. Right. So it was all good. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, people often ask, well, how do I possibly find the time to actually build my business while I'm the one doing the work? And it's often... How badly do you want to build your business? Because it really comes down to how badly you want to get that done and what sort of work are you willing to put in. And to me, it's what are you willing to sacrifice in order to make it happen. And I'm sure you had some sacrifice along the way. 100%. There's only two ways to do it. It's time or money. So you're going to hire people and pay the money or you're going to spend the time yourself. And, you know, there's only, those are the only two ways I know how to do it. Right. right? Yeah. And there's a combination of the two as you get going. Correct. And you start building up some money. 
Correct. Yeah. So having that plan. So from from day one, you had a plan of franchising. And I believe you had suggested that it took about 10 years to get to that stage to actually get your first franchise. 12 years before I sold the first one. And so in that in that 12-year period, what was taking place in order yeah. for you to get ready for that? Well, I'll tell you about my first year. Um, in the four months, you know, I worked till probably the day before Christmas. So in December in Ontario, it's cold and there's snow on the ground. And, uh, and I had two employees by then. Um, this in your first year? In my first year. Yeah. And in that four months, I made twice as much money as I made in my yearly salary at IBM. Wow. So I already knew this is a pretty big, good gig. Yeah. Yeah. You got something going on. Okay. So um, I took the, the winter off and spent uh, 10 weeks in Asia, with uh, in China and in India and in Nepal with my girlfriend, who is now my wife, and uh, had a great off season and came back and had 17 employees the next year. By the end of the next year? Well, how, how did, were you prepared going into it with jobs right off the hop, right? We were. We would have definitely had a bit pre-sold. The two guys that were with me were coming back, but again, I was in Asia for ten weeks, and I wasn't thinking about debt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So I came back and followed the same plan. Business was there. We had happy customers. We were now in the the home show. We were now in the yellow pages. We had signs on our trucks, signs on the yard, uniforms door knocking, happy customers, and we had more business than we could handle. Then this year too. This is year two. And, and so that's incredible story. So so your transition in year two from what you were doing in year one to what you were doing by the end of year two. I know, grew how did 750%. That and what was your, how did your role specifically change? Well, I, I did not build anymore. Um, I only sold half the jobs. One of my good buddies who was a fantastic salesman joined me. So I had two sales guys full time and seven or eight crews out building. Beautiful. And so you, you again, had some strategic thinking to be done to say, uh, and, and what I believe is if you're the entrepreneur, the owner of your contacting business, you need to get out of doing the work as soon as possible, or you've got to put somebody in place that's actually, you know, seeing in the vision for the company. Well, again, we quickly changed to hiring more responsible people. So the beauty of a seasonal business, you know, for January, February, we're shut down. A few of those people did not get offered a job the following year. And we started looking for professional carpenters. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So very on, we had licensed carpenters working for us and then very quickly became licensed apprentices. So we started getting professional guys rather than handyman guys. Right. right. And then the problems became almost non-existent. Okay. So right. so the, the problems in the beginning then were <clears throat> Guys simply... not showing up for work. The same thing that every contractor has. You know, if you hire yeah. guys that really aren't motivated to be there, you know, when they get paid on Friday, they're going to miss Monday, potentially. Lots yeah. of them have drug alcohol problems. They have issues. And, you know, that's why they're in the trades because maybe they're really smart guys, but they couldn't stay in school. Right. Yeah. And it's not that, uh, that they couldn't go to college or university, but they didn't. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, most of them just, that's not an environment they enjoy at all. So, yeah. I mean, they just don't do it. Um, you know, and, I, and I've seen, you know, this over and over and over about the hiring issues and the hiring problems. So, you overcame that by likely paying 
more money. Correct. You we know. found out very quickly to sell a job for, you know, doesn't matter the amount, $10,000 and deal with guys that are a little rough around the edges. Good guys, but that's, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Or sell a job for 11000 and have the top of the line workforce. I'll take the 11000 all day long. So do you then at that point um, decide on shifting your customer base and who you're targeting? For sure. Yeah. Right. We didn't win on price anymore. So we quickly became the, instead of being maybe the less expensive or the young entrepreneurial guy that's knocking on my door today, we became the nicest booth at the home show that these guys are expensive, but not quite as expensive as the landscaper that's been around for 50 years. Right, because you have uh, a specialty and a niche that you can be more efficient is my assumption. Correct. And in my marketplace in, in Ontario, the, the professional deck builders 30 years ago were landscapers um, and maybe general contractors that did one or two a year. There right. wasn't a specialty deck builder. We're, we're the first in Ontario. Yeah. And and by the way, I think it's it's you know something to be noted that you're also in the top one or two in the world at this point. Yeah, we, you know, technically we're either the number one or two argument based, but we're the number one in Canada by far. You know, we're working in 65 cities now. We're going to do somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 decks, you know, this year. So with that sort of uh, structure in place, uh, what what's your team made up of today in terms of your, you know, your office staff and, you know, your guys on the road and, and who's looking after you know, your crews and those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, um, in the Hamilton area, I still am the largest franchise in our system. So we call it a corporate office. So like McDonald's, McDonald's owns some some stores sure. and they own a lot of stores. And the reason they own a lot of stores is because one, they make a lot of money. And two, it's a training facility for everything. Sure. So we do the same. So my corporate location in Hamilton, Hamilton's a blue collar town, you know, be similar to Pittsburgh. And, um, you know, it's not a rich town. People don't live in Hamilton if they could afford to live in Toronto because um, most of them are working in Toronto and they're commuting an hour and a half, you know, both ways. Mm -hmm. So it's a, uh, it's a blue collar town, really, and they want value for their money. And uh, we built a business in that area and we've done very, very well. And we love we love Hamilton. And they're great customers, and they may have to save for a year or two to buy a good quality product like ours, but they're willing to do that once they've seen one. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of uh, organizational structure. Yeah, um, so we, we have a... What's your hierarchy there? Yeah, in, the, in our office, um, in the Hamilton area, we have a, a vice president of operations. He's been with me 21 years. He's a licensed carpenter. He's a professional salesman. He's a professional trainer. His name's Brad Arnold, and he runs that business for me. So I don't do that anymore. Um, we have five or six part-time sales guys. So nobody really sells full-time because it's only really a five, six-month season. So they're either builders, administrators, designers, but they're doing something else because they're year-round people. So, um, you know, we find young guys, you know, and right out of high school with the carpentry or right out of college now, and right out of university and teach them the business. And we've been very, very successful with that program. We call it a management trainee program. And that's been going on for 20 years as well. Hmm. Brilliant. 
Um, so back to the franchise. So you, so you, you start the franchise, the first one, you get it off the ground. Um, what were some of the learning curves you went through on that, that first yeah. one? I'm sure it was a lot well, of hurdles. Yeah. The, the initial franchise was in Whitby, which is two hours away on the, on the other side of Toronto. So I'm on the West side of Toronto. They're on the East side of Toronto, too far to go every day to build a deck. Great marketplace. We hired a great guy and, um, he was with us for, almost 15 years um but his situation was he was a professional renovator doing 50 different trades couldn't make any serious money and then he specialized in one trade the deck business and flourished and did very very well Mm -hmm. Um, the next year i sold two franchises to past employees one was a university educated guy that became a licensed carpenter and another was one of my subcontractors who was an older gentleman and both of those guys have been with me, you know, for all, almost 20 years. And um, and then the next year I sold three franchises, again, to two more of my past employees and then one outside guy. And then the next year I sold a dozen. So very quickly wow. people started approaching us. Yeah. So obviously you had, you had it nailed down. And, you know, I think one of the biggest things that... Um, or at least my belief is, is marketing. Um, you cannot sell franchises if there's not some marketing advantage that they're achieving from being part of your franchise. So, Correct. So, you know, what, what do you do with marketing and, and why has it been so successful? Yeah, well, um, I got involved with uh, the web really about six months after the web started. So very, very early on. If I had done it six months before, I would have been a multimillionaire before I was 30, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a chance to buy Dex.com from an English guy who had bought a bunch of names, and he wanted 50 grand for it. And I personally know the guy that owns that, and it's a multi-million dollar name now. Mm. But uh, I got the, the second best thing was Dex.ca for Canada. Sure. Right? right? Yeah. And it cost me 100 bucks. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So um, we... You know, very quickly invested heavily in the web. And, uh, you know, today I would say that, you know, we had the, I like to think it's the best website in the world in the deck business. Um, I've got over 50,000 pictures of decks on it, and we sell a lot of business from it. So out of those decks, are you're, and you had stated to me that you're, you've been taking pictures of your decks from day one virtually. Um, and so to me, again, that's, that's all vision. You know, you've, you've had vision for this from day one. I mean, when the web comes out, you know, there's not many that had the vision you had to see that we, I need to jump on this and I need to do it fairly quickly. Yeah, I wish I could say it was vision. It might have just been a bit of luck, too. Um, you know, the pictures, uh, I've always been interested in photography. Um, a picture is worth a thousand words. You take a few pictures of your decks. You show them to customers, they buy much more easily so they can see what they're getting. And guess what? You, you, if it works, keep doing it. So we ramped it up. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember in my second year, I hired a professional photographer, paid him 1500 bucks. He came around for a couple of days, did beautiful shots, all of the wrong things. And then I went out and bought five grand worth of camera equipment the next week and did it myself. And uh, so, you know, with today's cameras, you know, you can't really beat the computer on it Mm. unless you're getting into very, very unique situations, which outdoor photography, when the sun's out and it's a beautiful sunny day and the sun's behind you, you're going to get a good shot. So, uh, you know, we have 
taken pictures of almost every single deck for 30 years. Um, and now we take a lot of pictures of every single deck mm -hmm. during construction, before pictures, after pictures, close-up pictures. And for the last 10 years, we have a staging crew that goes around a month or two or three months later, pretties the deck up, cleans it off, sets furniture up, puts plants on it, gets the knickknacks out, and takes pictures for a few hours. So wow. we take a lot of time on our pictures. I guess so. And and obviously, he's paying off you know huge dividends. Yeah. We published our third deck book. So we have a deck catalog that is a book. Um, we give them out to you know prospective people at franchise shows, at uh, home shows, uh, all of the trades that we work with, pool guys. They all have one of our books, yeah. and um, and you know when people see our stuff, they say, "Hey, I'd like one." Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's it's so impressive. I mean, I'm flipping through it right now. It's just it's it's you know, like you said, a picture tells uh, a thousand words or. Uh, Say sorry. Say that again. Yeah, pictures worth a thousand words. Yeah, it's just, and and the quality of the book as well. I mean, you've not, you know. Yeah, we don't like your... to. I mean, we're not a, a cheap deck. You can't build a good product inexpensively. I mean, that's impossible. So um, you know, we like to build decks that are well priced, but we want the qualities there, and we definitely want the service there, and those cost money. Um, so everything we do, we try to be frugal with our money, of course, but we obviously aren't going to skimp on the quality. Right. right? And, and, and it speaks volumes for who, who you guys are, um, you know, and, and, and at the end of the day, you know, I've, I've had many conversations with friends without, without knowing you and without really even knowing the company. Uh, but many conversations when somebody wants to build a deck, the first thing they talk about is hickory dickory decks. I mean, it's just, yeah. There's just no other, you know. Uh, There's thing no other that brand in Ontario. Mind. Yeah, we own. We have a brand, and we've spent millions and millions of dollars over the last thirty years building a brand. And My, so, when you know, speaking of building a brand, I mean, you know, as as a as a struggling contractor that doesn't quite understand brand or branding or marketing in general, yeah. um, you know, what would be your you know, your biggest takeaway for them. Um, sure, to I'll, I'll give you my one. top five. You know, go out and take some pictures of your nicest projects, no matter what you do. Um, even if you're a plumber, you know, I mean, plumbers install, you know, nice sinks and nice, you know, bathrooms and so forth and put it on a business card in full color, mm. right? And yeah, it's going to cost you 200 bucks instead of 50 bucks, but then people can see what you do. And the second thing I'd say is get some signs on your truck, yeah, right? Yeah. You're probably putting on 20 or 30,000 miles a year or 50,000 kilometers and people see it. And, you know, our trucks now are fully wrapped in vinyl. So it's a rolling billboard of five or six pictures of decks and people can see exactly what we do. Mm -hmm. And even though low maintenance decking, we'll talk about that in a minute. It's been around for 24 years. Most people have never seen a custom low maintenance deck. So it, even though it's 24 years old, most people don't have one. Most people have never seen one. Right. So again, pictures are, make it visual. Wow, that's beautiful. What is that? I'd like one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. So, um, so we put pictures of our work on everything. But the, the, the three basic ones, a card, uh, truck signs, and then the, the last one, and the most important one actually, is a yard sign. I mean, the, the renovation, real estate yard sign, where you're working, 
and do a nice one, again, in full color with a picture of your work, and the neighbors are going to see what you do. And yeah, guess what? It's that simple. Everybody's going to say, you know, I want one of those too. I, I need to get my you know bathroom updated. I need a basement renovation. I need electrical to put a plug in the backyard for me. Whatever it is, um, tell the neighborhood that you're here. And my suggestion on top of that, and, and you know maybe you guys do it, but likely you don't really need to do it at this point. But from the struggling contractor point of view is, you know, hitting that neighborhood with, you know, door hangers and at least an easy way to contact you when they have seen your sign, they see that. And then at the end of the day, they can keep that and we'll have your contact information long after the job's even done sometimes. Google wants a local contractor. So if there's not 10 local contractors in Vancouver, you're going to be on the front page now because they want 10 spots on the front page. Yeah, yeah. So Bill's Decks with a one-page website with literally one picture and a phone number, he'll be on the front page. Now, maybe he'll not get any traffic, but it's better than nothing. Right. And he will get some traffic just because he's local. Okay? Yeah. So building off of that, um, you know, Google wants uh, lots of good information. So you need to give your customers good information. I remember putting my first 400 pictures on the web and thinking, people are going to go there and steal my ideas and build their own deck. And that's exactly what they did. So most of the people on my website will never buy a deck from Hickory Dickory Decks. They're going to build their own deck. But that's okay because I'm giving them something for free. And then because there's so much traffic on my website, then my website gets top placement. Yeah, I mean, Google's looking for content, and, and that value, um, the value that uh, you're providing is bringing, Google is saying, hey, this is a legitimate site that's worth sending a, a customer to, Correct. because they want to send that, you know, their customer is the one that's searching, and they want their customer getting the best value for that search. So Correct. If you, I know your site is loaded and loaded with blogs and information and all of the keywords that people are looking for. And Correct. So we're doing, you know, I mean, we have hired consultants and we have, you know, learned from the experience of hard knocks over 20 years and dealing with different people and trying different things. But we know what, you know, the web uh, search engines are asking for and we give it to them. And it really is free information. Mm -hmm. So they want us to do all their work so people will go on to Google and buy ads and make Google, you know, richer than they currently are. <laughs> right. So we're really working for Google for free. Right. But the sideline is we're getting a lot of people that want to buy a Hickory Dickory deck. Yeah, yeah, you get a lot of traffic. Correct. Um, and then, so do you have, uh, do you outsource your, uh, your, your web and your marketing or do you have an in-house team at this point? Well, we have an inside team, but we also use professionals from outside. So our, our web guy, we've been uh, very happy with. We've been with for almost 20 years. Um, he does an excellent job for us. We, you know, we, we're like family for crying out loud. I mean, he's a personal friend. Yeah. And, um, you know, we spend a lot of money together, you know, building the business. So he's a partner. Yeah. And you look at your website as, you know, just an absolute necessity to building the business. I mean, without it, you're pretty much not here. Not to this Well, level. I'm definitely not growing to the stage that we're growing, you know, currently. Yeah. Correct. Um, and so I think you'd mentioned uh, the top three. I think we hit four or top five and, and 
we're at four. So what was the other one? Uh, the next one would be happy customers. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little sure. bit. Yeah. So for 30 years, we've had a warranty in writing where you don't pay till you're completely satisfied. So you're a homeowner. How many people would you have not paid if they had that warranty that did work at your house? Probably right. a few. Right. Yeah. And, um, but we've realized long ago that one, we want to give the customer what they paid for. Um, and two, we want them to tell others and they're not going to tell people that they're happy if they're not happy. Right. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. So we have put it in writing and we have lived it for 30 years that if you're not happy, we'll make you happy. Right. Right. Because we want to get paid. Yeah. Love right? it. Love it. Love so it. we get more referrals than any other method. It yeah. far exceeds Google. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, you know, yeah, happy customers will build any business, right? Yeah, that is And cool. unhappy customers will make you work long and hard for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I just love the fact that you stepped up and you, and you basically take responsibility for the work you do and you're willing to put your name on it and stamp and period. Yeah, and it's not like we don't make mistakes because we make a few mistakes a year and sure. they're very costly mistakes. I've, uh, I remember, uh, you know, it's quite a, way, a long time ago now, but we tore a fence down of a 75-year-old lady and it was a next-door neighbor that we were supposed to tear their fence down. So <laughs> she got a brand new fence. Right. Yeah, and you rectify <laughs> the problem and make sure they're happy yeah. and that's it. Yeah. That's correct. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Um you know, I, I probably just in, in wrap up, um, you know, again, for the listener out there that, that's struggling, what's um, one piece of advice that you'd say is, you know, what if, if you were to do one thing, what's that one thing that is, is a total necessity to, you know, change the game? Well, we, we've, we've ended on happy customers. So let's include happy customers and happy employees or we we call them team members sure okay so you cannot build a business without happy customers and you cannot build a business without people that are working for you being happy and working hard for you so it really becomes a people business i mean most we're not in the deck business we're in the people business Love and it, we're yeah. not in the plumbing business or the roofing business you're in the people business you have to find customers that have a problem and you have to fix it for them and you have to find people that want to work in this business and they have to go home not every day but most days with a smile on their face happy to come back to work that they're they're cared for they're appreciated they do enjoyable work they're paid compensated fairly and they have future growth potential and they have some fun you know they like going to work yeah love it love and if it. you do that you're going to be fine <laughs> that is brilliant and and i think again a, a, a great way to wrap this up because uh you know i it just is perfectly said everybody needs to be happy and any business is truly truly in the people business whether you're a contractor or not because we're all we're all here to satisfy um and solve those problems that people have. So, uh, Tom, thank you for your time and uh, and all of the amazing insights. Um, again, every time I wrap one of these up, I just go like, "Wow, that's uh, there's so much brilliance of people that uh, have created businesses like yours." And, and it's just, I thank you for sharing. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks. Thank you.
If you enjoyed today's podcast and would like to learn more about how to get off the hamster wheel of your business, visit us at fulllevelcoach.com forward slash learn more. You can access tools that will help you enjoy more time, money, and freedom in your own business. You can also book a strategy session with our owner and entrepreneur, Randy Stanbury. Thanks for listening.